Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shark? Very well, Matty Crooks. Very well, mate. How are you? What's happening on this fine day today, Tuesday? No, no, going going? very well, very well. Uh, Second week into uh, parental leave or whatever you call it, maternity leave, I don't know. But it's uh, Uh, life's good when you're on leave, any sort of leave. Absolutely, mate. No work is fucking brilliant. No worries, no stress. I'll tell you, I'll give you a little insight. I'm spewing I didn't win the 120 million last week because anyone that says that they don't know what they do with themselves, kidding because I've really enjoyed it. Mm, Mate, I already had it all picked out. I reckon we all did. I had my house picked out, my car. What I was going to do, all my pals that were going to get a little bit of cheeky dosh out in the back pocket there. I had it all planned out and sadly, not to buoy. No, no. And uh, as we predicted, uh, the person who won it said, no, I'm going into work. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. Stinker. Stinker. I'll tell you what's not a stinker is uh, Palmerbet and they, uh, they uh, we're bought, bought to you by Australia's grading betting agency Palmerbet and when punting, always Mako Shark. Uh, gamble responsibly, and when you're listening to Australia's Hottest Pod, please listen responsibly. Um, so outside of the missing out on the uh, the big fame and fortune, what, what, what's, your, what's your week been? What's the last week been like for the Mako? Well, it's been a great week for the uh, the podcast, hasn't it, mate? We've been uh, riding the wave, uh, a big, bad, bustling wave we've been riding this week, Matty. It's tell been, you what. We've been doing bloody media street all week with the big, bad bustler. It's been fantastic, the reception, hasn't it? I think the, the podcast is really just... Gone up a level. It's gone up a level. Um, we've had some reviews, so thank you to all our uh, our existing listeners that have finally started to rate and review us. And any new listeners, I've I've had a lot. I met you. I've had a lot of good feedback from Barry. A lot of came for the Barry show, but have stayed for the boys type of sort of stuff. So people, and I'm looking at the numbers, and the numbers aren't just all on him. They're uh, going through the uh, the back catalogue, which is great. And as you said, this this podcast. We're already ticked off Australia's greatest. We're uh, we're coming for the world's greatest. I would have thought after a week like that. Absolutely, I couldn't agree, mate. Yeah, the feedback has been sparkling. Not only that, but I've had quite a few people mention that they really uh, they really agreed with the Mako Shark Tank last week. They reckon superhero <laughs> movies can get stuffed. So I was happy with that. I expected uh, a bit of blowback, but no, it's been all great, positive feedback. So, mate, I reckon I'm onto something there. Well, you definitely are because. Um they're that the ones that really would take any any sort of uh, I guess annoyance to your opinion love you that much that you're never going to hear it anyway. Um, it could be that. Mate. They could be that. Yep. And the ones that I expected uh, to be quiet are quiet, and there'll be a lot of closet superhero fans that don't really want their pals to know that they're in. I, I could I could I could think of two or three that I know love them but never talk about them. Mm, yeah, it's a little bit like that, isn't it? A few people are in the closet. When it comes to superhero, I'm movies. surprised you didn't get more though, more blood for your your thoughts on the um on the uh, the Game of Thrones because that's uh, people love that <laughs> show, but it seemed to yeah. get washed away with the superhero stuff. I reckon it didn't, but anyway, I thought. But you are the Mako Shark, and people are probably a little bit scared to get in your grill because you know what happens if you get in your grill, you end up as a victim of the Mako Shark Tank. So you do, mate. You end up. You've on got them by the balls or the giant, whoever, whatever, however way you want to say it. I've got everyone by all sorts of genitals. But, mate, we've, got, we've had Barry last week. But, let's we're pushing on here. This is Australia's Best Podcast. We don't languish in the past. We push on ahead, don't we? So we've got another absolute snorter coming at you this week. I heard we may or may not, you'll have to confirm, have a, a, a guest. Mate, I don't know if it's his nickname, but we'll probably go with it, the Boa Constrictor. Uh, tell us a little bit about our <laughs> upcoming uh, guest. And, look, like you said, we don't rest on laurels here. And, uh, look, most people would have got to Barry and, Put the queue in the rack, but we're pushing on. Tell us a little bit, a little bit about who we've got. 
maker. Wow, the, you've gone with the boa constrictor. Not sure if he is known as that, but I reckon <laughs> we're going to go with it. I like it. Let's go with it from here on in. Yes. Jack Bowen, a, uh, one of Australia's most promising up-and-coming young boxers, mate. This bloke, keep an eye out for him because... He's got some bloody uh, he's got some bloody skills in the boxing ring, and he is up and coming. He's signed uh, to our old mate Mikey Altamura. Gave us the tip off on this young legend. He's signed to Pro Bellum. Uh, big things happening in the world of boxing for him. He's got a fight. I think on March nineteenth, it'll be his fourth professional fight. Uh, he was an absolute dynamo in the amateur scene there, and was looking all likely for the Olympics and all kinds of stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Jack Bowen. I tell you what, I'm, I'm excited for this chat. I had a little. Uh... I'm a bit old school, as you know. I tend to go the phone call as opposed to the text. I had a little eight minutes of greatness with him yesterday, and um, we've sort of got that rapport built. So I'm very excited to hear what the chat's about, and I'm very excited to talk to him because he's, if, if you're a long-time listener of the pod, which all you should be, he's uh, he's had a few mentions. As you said, uh, Michael Tamira's chips in on him, and uh, and then we got the follow-up, Benny Damon. Uh, he said, if Michael Tamira's on, on this kid, uh, make sure everyone gets on him. So... He's had uh, some big mentions leading in to this chat and uh, put the chat aside. He's got a big fight, like you said, March 19th and uh, looking forward to hearing a little bit about him and what his, uh, what his future plans and, and where he wants to be because a couple of big names are talking him up and uh, it's great to have a guy like that on a podcast. And like we've said, we like to get, we like to get on the ground floor here, don't we, Mako Shark? And then we can, we we can ride the wave to greatness. We do, mate. He's uh, he's knocked all three of his opponents out so far, stopped them all. In, uh, it doesn't take him too long either. He's making quick work of blokes. So in his fourth fight, expect the same, I reckon. He's just going to go steamrolling through. And, yeah, Might ever be since he turned pro. There, I reckon, Mako. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We're in his 4-0, I reckon. 4-0, I reckon he's had three and this is his fourth. But, you know, we could put a bet on it and we'll get to the end of it later. <laughs> We absolutely could. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've got nothing else. And like, I, I, I sort of say at the end of the pod, but I'd like to say it now, if, if, uh, if you're a long-time listener, thank you. If you're a new-time listener, welcome. Um, and Mako might just give you a couple of things because most of you will be tuning in for the Boa Constrictor. But if you'd like to hang out afterwards, there's a few few segments. Just uh, tell the people uh, a little bit about what, what to expect, Mako, and, uh, and what we'll be chatting to outside of the, uh, the Bowen. Yeah, look, yeah, mate, we're going to have uh, a few little uh, segments. We've got the, the Mako Shark Tank, which is a great a great uh, segment there for everyone at home. If you haven't heard it, stick with me because I'm going to really drill someone. Uh, <laughs> then we go into a bit of UFC uh, recap from the weekend, and then we look forward to this UFC pay-per-view this week, a big one. We've got the Masvidal, we've got the Covingtons, we've got an Aussie that, mate, is a friend of the pod. We're going to talk all about him coming up. But that's all after this interview that you're here for, the Boa Constrictor. Jack Bowen, we're going to find out whether or not I'm correct or Maddie's correct. Has he had three fights or has he had four? Who knows? We're going to find out. Today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. All right, who the fuck listeners? We are back again with another big guest, mate. We have Jack Bowen here today with us, mate. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm not too bad, boys. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem, mate. I apologize. We've had a few technical difficulties to start off here. It's just the, it's the way it goes for your boys here. It's been a bit of a nightmare, but we appreciate you sticking with us, man. Nah, no problem. No problem. Power outages and, you know, dodgy internet, but we got there. 
dodgy internet, but yeah, we're, um, well, I'm especially flustered. I want to talk about someone else that might be a little bit flustered, and that's your opponent on uh, March 19. If he's done his homework, he'd want to steer clear of that, uh, that big right that you've been delivering to blokes that have been getting in the way. Um, tell us, mate, a little bit about um, your camp, about your opponent, and what, what the fans can expect um, March 19. Um, I don't know a hell of a lot about the opponent. He is from Fiji. Um, his last fight was against Michael Zarafa, um, but he did. I think he got stopped in the third. Um, but like he's decent, he's solid. And um, is this the? Uh, sorry to interrupt. Is this the infamous uh, Fijian taxi driver that a head splitter was <laughs> yeah, talking about think, a few I, weeks back? He popped a bit of flack for it, but he, he did, is. Um, he's, Let's not well, take him lightly. I, I never can. This Mm-mm. game's too too hard not to absolutely um, to take someone too lightly. But twelve wins, five losses. Um, and again, I'm only I'm only a pup in the professional game as well. So he's had what triple, quadruple the experience I have as a pro. So um, I can't take him lightly, and I'll get the job done on March nineteenth and and use my skills and preparation and. And camp's been good. Um, done plenty of rounds with Isaac Hardman, who I know you've had on. I've mm-hmm. been sparring Tim Zhu. Um, and then just some local amateur boys up here that have really um, kept me in check. So camp's been good and it's been long. But, um, yeah, definitely ready. I've got three weeks now and time to put on a show. It's very exciting for you. I guess it's uh, it's it shows sort of the person you are with the preparation you're doing for this guy because... Yeah, Zarafa copped a bit of flack, and the poor bloke copped a bit of flack um, in the media. But the, I guess the the worst thing you could do as a fighter is watch that fight, listen to the commentary about him, and not prepare to your best, um, just in case. Because you you know, worst case would be that you don't want to take an L to this guy. And um, sparring with guys like Tim Zuma and and Isaac Harbin show that you're definitely not taking him lightly. Um, tell us a little bit about those guys and and how your sparring has gone with them. Um, have you learnt much off them or? Um, has it been pretty competitive? Be great to get a bit of an insight. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The boys are they're elite operators, so I'm I'm glad to be mixing it up with them. And I'm as I said, I've only four fights in, so I'm just learning as much as I can and um, growing and, and adapting to different situations when I'm in the in the gym with these boys. So, mate, it's it's world class, and I'm happy to be uh, getting the call back for more sparring and. Look at four and zero. You you need that experience if you're not getting like I've had four stoppages, so the the ring time hasn't been there as much. And um, if I can do that in the gym, learn, and then you know when I do have some bigger step ups, I'll be ready. I've been watching uh, your exploits so far today with the four KOs, mate. That uh, that straight down the pipe against uh, Tom Wilkins, I think it was, and also against Ryan Heck. Mate, you've, you've certainly got that one-punch, just flat-line power. So is that really what you're trying? Just take your time, look for the shot, and then just, like, fire it down the line when you get the chance? Or is it just when you take it, you get it? Um, but I, I think you'll find with, like, when you hit someone and it's clean and it's flush and you get a one-punch knockdown like that, you're not really thinking about overloading the shot. It just kind of happens and you go, oh, shit, well, that... That's just worked. Um, yeah. Like I know with the Wilkins fight, which is a fight, uh, like for my second fight, it was a pretty pretty risky fight for me. The guy just come off a, a win against Josh Fredrickson, who's like nine wins, one loss, former Australian champion, and and Tom took it on two weeks' notice and dropped Josh twice and and beat him. So like I didn't get enough credit 
for that for that win and people give you a bit of shit for who you fight early on but um tom was a lively opponent and i'm i wouldn't say i'm lucky to hit him with that shot i i set it up early on but um i wouldn't say i'm i'm much of a puncher really in the amateurs i wasn't dropping people and um, I think it's only now I'm sitting down on my punches, taking my time a bit, and I find I kind of rate myself as a technical boxer and yep. having good ring, ring generalship. And then eventually those things happen if you're just patient and take your time. I noticed that because it looks like you do have good athleticism, a lot of good head movement, stuff like that. And it wasn't like you were winding up just looking for the haymaker either. It was just took your opportunities. I think it was bloody good to see. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, well, I know in the heck fight, I don't think I threw too many punches. I was throwing just hooks to tap and set him up as a southpaw, and then I fainted low and went over the top, and it just kind of happened. But, you know, the preparation I do with my trainer, Gareth Williams, and, like, I'm, I study boxing nonstop. I'm completely obsessed with the sport. So um, it, it's due to happen. It's just a matter of time. But... I definitely don't go into this next fight thinking I'm just going to go spark him out. Um, mm-hmm. I know I'm there for six rounds, and if it gets cut short, I get, um, I'll be happy. But, um, yeah, definitely prepare for the full six. In that uh, in that last fight, I, I watched it um, yesterday, and it you showed a bit of, uh, I guess, maturity ahead of your years. It looked like you were sort of baiting him with the right, and then when he dropped, you went around and sort of over the top and hit him with that flush right. So I guess for a bloke with four professional fights, he probably didn't expect that, and you could tell the commentators were very uh, high in their praise of you and, and how you actually set that up. You, you weren't just there, like you said, to swing. You actually worked him out and sort of you caught him out on a bit of a chess game, which he's a seasoned veteran, that, that fella, and he's fought some of Australia's good boxers, so it showed maturity of, of probably above your years, I would have thought. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, he's quite cagey early on too, which like a lot of people just see the knockout and they say, oh, he's, he's this and he's that. And everyone's pretty quick to judge people that get in the ring. But, mate, he's, um, he was quite cagey and quite experienced and quite crafty. So I knew I had to pull a few tricks out the bag. And luckily the first time it landed. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> well, I was actually... I had it on earlier, and the missus was uh, cooking some dinner, and I told her, fuck, look at that shot there, and she wanted to just pass on her praises, and she said, good job with that one, mate. That <laughs> oh, was a thank nice, you. A did crisp you like shot. my pink trunks, or what? She did, actually. They were quite oh, fetching. Yeah. <laughs> they were good. <clears throat> mate, so this is uh, obviously March 19th, so what are we, two and a half weeks away from it? Yep. Let's just, uh, we don't want to go too far ahead. I don't like when fighters push ahead too far, but what are we doing? If we get the win here, we go 5-0. and oh. what, what are your plans for 2022, you reckon? Uh, well, I'm trying to stay as active as I can. And the beauty of being only four fights in is I can get my numbers up real quick. I'm not going to be fighting uh, 10 rounds in my next fight. So mm. I can get another six, hopefully another two six-rounders in and maybe maybe an eight or a 10 towards the end of the year. I'd like, I'd like after this fight maybe another four. Five for this year would be uh, great guns. But um, look, everything's nothing's certain in this game and and i just want to take it one fight at a time injury wise and and just making sure i pull up okay as well but i know after this date i will have probably like a late april early may um card up here in brisbane and then i wouldn't mind coming back down to melbourne again uh this year at some stage as well 
Yeah, that's exciting for the the fans in Melbourne. I was actually going to ask, what's your have you have you got a plan? Not um, long, long term. Say two, three years. Are you going to be one of those fighters that um, really sort of carves your way through the, I guess, the local scene in Australia and fights locally? Or are you going to sort of get a few more fights sort of this year and then look to to head overseas? I guess um, George Cambosis did a lot of his work overseas and out of the public eye. And then there's other guys that probably a bit more like Zarafa and these guys that fight predominantly in in their home country. So it's, I'm just interested to see if you've got a bit of an idea on how you want to go or are you just taking each fight as it comes and go where, where the better opportunity is at the time? Uh, definitely just playing it one fight at a time, but I'd love to I'd love to get out this year even, uh, just one fight overseas and really uh, just gain the experience of being away from home. And like I, I think I'm doing that by going to Melbourne, but then coming back to Brisbane and I wouldn't mind one overseas, but look, you never know what's going to pop up. It's a, it's a crazy game. But the the beauty of being signed with MTK Global and having Mike and Pro Bowen behind me as well um, as a promotion uh, is that their main operations are overseas. So I want to get over there as quick as possible. And, um, yeah, I, I just want to make a name for myself amongst the bigger names overseas. But... Until then, I will be slugging away here and doing my bit. I just want to keep active. Like, I love fighting. So yeah. um, the more fights can get me here, the better. But if there's an opportunity, I'll grab it. I was going to mention there, uh, you have recently signed with Pro Bellum and you're under the guidance of the, uh, the guru, Mike Altamura, <laughs> good friend of the pod. Always got to give him a shout out. He likes that. But uh, how are you finding working with him? Because uh, a lot of people might not know who he is, but the people that do know how bloody good he is. He's a, uh, a freak at locating and identifying talent. So for you to be under his wing, that's uh, it's very good. Yeah. he's. Um, well, I can thank Mike for connecting me with you boys too. Mike's um, a very good man, and I, I trust Mike with my full career, and, and um, he's set me up with... So many opportunities already in my in my uh, professional career. Um, look, Mike's people that don't know Mike probably don't know boxing game here in Australia. But the the guys had so much success here and overseas, and um, he really knows boxing inside out. Like he'll chat to you all day about boxing. He knows every fight that's ever happened. I think. Um, yes, he does. He, he's just a ripper bloke and. And my family really trust him, and and my coach does have a good relationship with him as well. And I'm glad I'm blessed to have him on board, and I'm glad he took me straight from the amateurs into the pro scene. And um, I'm just excited for the journey. He he only sent us a message yesterday saying that he's uh, he he's all in. So we need to be all in too. And and. When we mentioned yourself, when we had Ben Damon on, he uh, he sung high praises of you as well, and he's obviously he sees a lot of young fighters, a lot of fighters, and um, from you know all, all shapes in life. So it you've got a, a fair bit of uh, I guess you've got some big raps on you. I, I'd love to ask, how do you deal when you've got guys within the industry sort of saying and pinning sort of not hopes, but putting a bit of pressure on? Um, it might not feel like pressure to you, but it would looking from the outside, how they sort of talk up your ability and, and sort of sing your praises. Is that hard to deal with? Or is it just something as part of being a, a boxer and trying to get to the best that you're going to come across that with, with I guess, as you win, you, you, you're, um, you, you, your stocks rise? So just be wondering, I'm just wondering how you deal with that. Um, to be, well, that's awesome to hear that Ben sung me praises. I might have to go back and listen to that. 
Um, <laughs> just a, a trade, mate. I'm just getting you to go back and go through the catalogue. Yeah, yeah, well. Can you uh, leave a review and subscribe and rate us as well? 100%. That's easy. I'll, um, I'll give Ben a big wrap-up in the comments. So, um, no, but that's, that's, it's good to hear. And, and obviously, you can. I just take it on board and, and know I'm on the right path and doing the right thing. But everyone around me, very close to me, like Mike himself, um, keeps me quite humble. And I remember after my professional debut, I got out and like I, I was okay with the performance, but like, he was pretty critical and just said a few things that I need to work on. And my whole life's been that, like whether it's playing footy, like Dad pulling you aside and saying, "Mate, you need to do better." Or um, Gareth keeps me quite grounded as well. So um, everyone around me keeps me like, yeah, grounded. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't let me get too far ahead of myself. And and like people might sing your praises and and it's all great and they they want you to oh they want you to fight canelo alvarez in your fifth fight but you know there's a process and there's timing and you you got to do things right and just like all those boys did like you mentioned george before um george grew his name here and then took overseas and fought some good opponents and then you know by the time he he fought the best he was ready for it ready for the occasion ready for everything so um, yeah, going back to that, everyone around me keeps me pretty grounded, but I, I appreciate any any praise I get. Can you take us through uh, your journey? Obviously, uh, as an amateur, you were very promising, taking the piss, some might say, world championships, golden gloves, this sort of stuff. And there was Olympic triads, I think, coming up, but you decided to forego the amateurs and just sort of get stuck into the pro circuit. What Take us through the uh, your mindset through what that was about. Um, so I had... In Melbourne, we had our national championships and, and I won the state title against some really good opponents and then uh, fought in the nationals and won my way through. And then after the nationals, I, I reckon it, the Australian title kind of eluded me for a, a little bit. Like I'd come runner-up a few years in a row and uh, missed out on Commonwealth Games, missed out on Rio Olympics, um, just through being the runner-up. So I, I just wanted to tick that off. I wanted to become an Australian champion and I wanted to represent my country, but honestly, as well, I thought I did. I don't think it's representing my country to say. Um, I wanted to represent Australia, but I, um, I just didn't have the love for it as much after I won the Australian title. And I went to Worlds and I saw a few of the boys there that they're just obsessed with going to the Olympics. Um, like Jason Marley have been one. He's one you should get on the podcast too, actually, Jason. Um, he's yep. got an incredible story and he'll be on March 19th as well. Nice. Um, and like Harry Garside as well. He, like, they were just obsessed with going to the Olympic, Olympics. And, yep. mate, I, I didn't give two fucks about it, to be honest. <laughs> I, I just wanted to beat the people that I beat at nationals because it was like a com- competition for me to beat people that I'm fighting against. Um, yep. And then once I kind of did that, just didn't want to do it. I remember hopping out the ring after I won my Aussie title and I was like, I think it was like two minutes later, I was over it. And then I thought, what the fuck? Like, it yeah. should feel better than that. Because, it, yeah, it kind of eluded me for so long. Um, but after I'd done it, I knew that I wanted to turn pro, but I got myself in the Australian team. So I thought, I'll go to Russia, um, I knew Thomas Stalker, who was a, 
uh, GB captain for the London Olympics. Um, he's a scout for MTK. Yep. And I knew he was going to be in Russia watching the, the young amateur prospects. So I thought, you know, if I put on a good show in front of him, he'll get some interest and sign me to MTK, who I knew Mike was going to um, sign with as well. So, um, yeah, and then they picked me up after Worlds and, yeah, I signed as soon as I got home. I just, like, it come with a lot of backlash and I know, like, probably, like, my mum and dad and, and a few people around me really were invested in the Olympic dream as well, but it was just one of those things where I had to do what was best for me and, and say I want to turn pro. It's a it's a mature, another mature decision. Seems like that's what you're good at at doing at a younger age. Um, you made mention of your dad then. So we, like I spoke to you yesterday, and said we had Barry Hall on last week, and he made mention about his dad. And um, it was a bit of a flip. He was he was boxing younger, and then told his dad he wanted to not do that and go into footy. And uh, you know he had the, the the fractured or I guess non-existent relationship from there. I just. Uh, I wondered because you'd said how you were playing footy and your dad would give you feedback. Was what was the pressure of a younger bloke with your footy? Did was it just your dad just loved footy and loved watching you play, or was there when you did mention about sort of going across into boxing? How did he take it, and or has he been supportive? Because um, I just find it's, it's always interesting to ask guys about you know because obviously you came from the, the Aussie rules background and then um, went into boxing. So just uh, be interested to know about how your family found the, the switch. Um, yeah, d- dad was okay with it. I think like growing up, I've probably only realized the last couple of years reflecting, like I-, I was only allowed to play sports dad fucking liked. So when I said <laughs> boxing, he said, go for it, son, go for it. So, nice. um, yeah, look, he was super supportive with my boxing. And, um, I-, I think with footy, dad knew about footy and played a lot of footy when he was younger. So he could have a bit of feedback for me. But when it was boxing and, you know, I'm going to the gym and Gareth is my trainer, dad just let Gareth do everything. And still to this day, he hasn't said one word about, um, hasn't critiqued my boxing once. Uh, so he, he kind of leaves Gareth to do that, trust him 100%. Although if I'm lazy, he fucking lets me know, don't you worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, like, I don't know if you guys know much about my background, but my sister growing up, since I was, so I was three when my sister was born and she was born with, um, well, what they thought at the time, she was going to die within three months of being born. So as she's grown up, it was like three months and three months turned into three years and then three years turned into when she, she wouldn't make it past puberty. Um, she's now 22. So like that, my whole life, I was in a hospital Pretty much, I just grew up in a hospital, basically, where, uh, alongside my sister. So, yeah. c- coming back to dad, there was a little bit of pressure on my sport because you know that was my only time of the week to shine. Yeah, that was my away. time of the week to yeah, and and I'd get that attention, and I didn't care if it was negative feedback or positive feedback. I was getting attention for that weekend. So, sports always been my reason to shine, and and now I can. I can use my story and and my sport to keep pushing and get more attention and and just keep striving to be the best person I can be in the ring and out the ring. So, um, 
yeah, but dad's always been, and my mum is super so supportive of my boxing and my footy career, wherever it was going to go. And um, I think they just loved me having an outlet from, you know, things were going through outside of boxing or outside of footy or whatever. I was going to actually ask you about that. I, I did know there was uh, your sister is a huge inspiration for not only personally, but in your career as well. It must, uh, you must gain so much strength from someone like that who's been through so much adversity. So no matter how hard it might seem for you in training or in a fight, like probably no one you know is probably tougher than your sister, I, I reckon. Yeah, she's, um, she's a weapon, mate. And she, oh, don't get me wrong, she's a pain in the ass and she's moody and she is and, and she always has been since she was a kid. But I've got, like, my first tattoo ever was Forever Grateful. because And it just, like, I look at it every day just to just to be grateful that I can get up and put my runners on and go for a run. Because yeah. when I was growing up, I witnessed a lot of kids that, you know, we'd be playing around one week and next week they're in, they might be not making it to the week after. So I was always blessed with being grateful and, and having um, having the ability to know that I'm, I was born with a healthy body and I had these kids just have no choice in the fact that they're born into a shit life. They're born into not being able to breathe properly or like Ellie Mae was in the the CF ward, like cystic fibrosis ward for a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. And some of the kids there were getting lung transplants and then, you know, having to get another one. And it was just, just to breathe was a privilege for them. So like if I'm sitting around whinging about getting bashed up after sparring or something, you, you, you can't hear it. Um, but like now I've turned pro and Ellie Mae's on the mend and like she's 22 now and she's, you know, she's killing it. Um, Amazing. Yeah. I think she's going to move down to Melbourne too because she, she's a mad demon supporter. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, she is. Must have been a few, uh, few fists flying on the couch, I'd imagine, watching last year, the grand final, was there? A yeah, doggy's man well, yourself? Well, about half half time she goes, no, nah, this is fucking bullshit, not watching it. <laughs> and then... Oh she boy! Started trying to trying to soothe me over towards the oh, end. She's like, "Oh, it's okay. Like you guys won in 2016. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck off, mate." <laughs> yeah. I reckon when Bontempelli snapped through his bloody third or fourth in the third quarter, there you might have been up and about. Yeah. Oh, I definitely. But I didn't. It was hard because she's like, like I watch my footy, but she is obsessed. Like, she'll listen to mad. Like she knows all their dogs' names on Instagram and stuff, and like she's proper obsessed. So I was kind of kind of happy but yeah i was also a little bit sounds like mako mako over here with the the cats players girlfriends he knows all of them oh look at it (laughs) (laughs) you throw me under the bus for that one turn it up turn it up i want to have sex with tom stewart not on his messages (laughs) (laughs) yeah but she's she's proper obsessed i think she'll move down but um yeah get to the footy why not yeah fucking oath so well i just want to ask you um Spending so much time in hospital as a young, a young fella, how much of an impact did that have on you? Like, not a lot of people would be able to go on and do what you're doing, and because people would be, oh, this is too hard, or you know, it, it sounds like you sort of you've done very well from a, a hard situation. I just, it must have been really rough as a young bloke, sort of playing second fiddle, and I guess it's that's just how it is, and it happens a lot with families where there is an illness in there. The other child sometimes sort of has to go, you know, not has to go along, but has, you know, feels second fiddle to that sometimes. How did you deal with that? And I guess footy, like you said, was a big 
big part of your outlet. Um, but you must have had some some down times as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, but then I also look back and and when I do think back, I think those were some of the happiest times of our our life because we cherished every single moment with my sister. Yeah. Um, especially to, like she'd go in like two, three months at a time, come out for a couple of weeks, go back in. So any time we actually like quality time we had, um, you just really embraced it and enjoyed it. And um, I, th- I I don't look back on it as such a big negative. Yeah, I just yeah. Sometimes it's more complicated now than it was back then. To be honest, yeah. Like, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to overthink too much you just worry about getting through each day and making sure she's okay um but yeah it's it's definitely pushed me in my sport a hundred percent and now i'm at the i wouldn't say the pointy end but i know i'm on a journey now like i did it for so long just like broke doing it like struggling week to week and now i'm starting to see that you know i can make a career out of this and i can really set myself my sister up and and hopefully I can buy mum a nice car or something one day, but um, definitely seeing the fruits of my labour come together through all this hard work and all the sacrifice. Um, yeah, it's, look, it was tough back then, but I, I honestly, I think a lot of the moments were, were good. It sounds I, like I you've got a really good... Thing. Sorry, go yeah, on. Sorry, I will say one thing. Like, I worked so hard. When I was younger, one of my, my goals was to work with the Starlight Foundation. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. Yeah, yep. yeah, they had a room on level four of the um, hospital we stayed at. So every day we'd go down there, or especially on the weekends you'd go down there, and they used to have like playstations and they had captains and just people look after you. And then throughout the year, if you weren't, um, if you were healthy enough to come along, they'd get your trip to Dreamworld or Wet and Wild, or like really made you feel included as the sibling of someone going through it. And Ellie May got to make a wish through the Starlight Foundation as well. So um, last year I was lucky enough, one of my um, close mates and sponsor, Steve Scanlon, was on the board of Starlight and we got to do a Starlight Foundation fight night. But for me, that was like a massive, it was like a big 360 of like something I dreamed of as, as a kid to help out a foundation that helped my family through some of the hardest times we went through and, and probably kept us together, to be honest. Yeah, mm. no doubt. They do amazing, amazing stuff, those guys. Mm. Unreal. And some of the athletes they get on board to and like help out. I, like I know firsthand that like any money put towards the Starlight Foundation helped my family directly. Um, yeah. Like with Make-A-Wish or whatever it was. So um, yeah, that was a cool thing for me to do. And hopefully I get more opportunities the bigger I grow. It's... um. It's good to hear stories like that, and because I, I guess the media is more negative centric with a lot of reporting on the higher higher elite athletes. If they make a mistake, it's everywhere. But you never hear about when they just go out, you know, on their day off, they go and spend some time in the children's ward. You know, you know it goes on. If you've sort of been involved at a footy club or you know a high um, sporting club in Melbourne, especially, players are giving up their time and um, personalities are giving up their time. Um, it'd be good if the media sometimes shone a bit more light onto that because it's, you know, sometimes positive stories like that, people might not even know about, the, you know, not everyone would know about the Starlight Foundation, but if someone's, you know, well off or got something that they can do or influence, it'd be good sometimes to hear those stories, I reckon, and actually paint 
people um, or sports people in better better light sometimes. I reckon it just uh, it might you know help spread the the whole word or the mission of trying to um, help people that are a bit more sort of disadvantaged than us. Hundred percent, and like you wouldn't even hear about like Jonathan Brown and Luke Power used to come in and visit my sister like fortnightly. Um, there you go. Especially like Luke Power, they got her to do, you know, and they run out on the field before the game, go through the banner and stuff. And he like helped Ellie May out and they did that. And then like two weeks later, he sent through this big like post uh, photo frame thing of Ellie May and like signed the night off and mate, like things like that. Amazing. When when you're a kid going through it, or when you're the sibling, I was like, mate, this is unreal. Like that's Luke Power signing up for you, Ellie May, and yeah, yeah like yeah, you, you wish you'd hear more stories like that. And they don't have to do it, do they? Like they don't. I mean, they you know, you know how hard it is to be an elite. There's a lot going on. You have got your own career, your own highs and lows. So it it shows the sort of character of some of these guys. To even the follow up of that, you know, to to take her through the banner, but then to think, oh. How good would it be to send her the picture of it? And, you know, just, yeah, some, some guys are, are special guys and, and girls, I guess, in, 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 uh, that we don't hear about. So it'd be good, good to hear more about it. Sorry to cut in on you, Mako. No, I was just going to say the same thing, mate. Like, you hear one footy player out of a 1,000 goes out and gets caught drink driving or whatever, and then the narrative is, oh, bloody footy players, you're all a bunch of meatheads, blah, 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 blah. But, mate, hundreds of these blokes are out there every day changing lives, like your sister and that when she was in... Hard time. So, yeah, I reckon mm. a lot more needs to be said about these blokes and people like yourself as well. I'm sure you'll be given right back when you get the opportunity yourself. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I tell you, Melbourne have uh, done well to keep her as a, as a supporter, I reckon. She's she's shown her loyalty when she's getting visits because Jonathan Brown's a likeable fella, isn't he? Like, she... I know. Well, she, she used to watch the footy shop. Well, she followed. So this is the story. She went for Brisbane. For, she, she likes players, right? So she went yeah. for Brisbane because of Johnny Brown and Luke Power. And then yep. Luke Power moved to GWS. So yep. she had two years of GWS. She liked them a bit. And then she liked Bernie Vince. And um, his name Jack. Who's the cap- captain? Jack Tringrove. Jack's... Viney. Jackson. Oh, Jack yeah, Jack Viney. Absolutely. Yeah, they got, got about 50 Jacks. I know. they got a few too many. So, and then she's gone on Demons now. So And she's stuck right. to it probably the last four or five years. So... Yeah, good. Well, they've uh, yeah. they've paid her back, definitely. I don't know what the hell happened last year. Jesus Christ. Oh, no, they had a good run. Oh, I was pretty happy for her. Like, yeah. But, you might have to tell her to jump on the Bombers, would you? I'm a Bombers man. 20 years of just disgustingness. She seems to... She was with Brisbane when they were probably good, you know, and then GWS has been competitive, and then the, the Ds, she, she seems to be the barometer. Oh, she's doing all right. Yeah, well, maybe, she, yeah, maybe you need to convert her. I'll have to. I'll have to. I was going to say, uh, your fight on March 19th, it's a nice little date. It coincides with round one of the footy. Me and Matty Crooks, we're heading along to the G, Cats, Bombers. Then we're going to pop over to the pavilion and watch you uh, bash a bloke's head in. So it's not a bad day for us. You're going to have a bloody beauty. Probably better than my day. <laughs> Probably. You'll be, uh, I don't know what you'll be doing. You'll be... I'll be trying to get out of the way of those punches. Yeah, but, um, exactly. Yeah, well, my, my best mate's coming down. He's a mad Collingwood supporter. So he's coming down. I think they're playing Friday night. And then yeah, I think that, he'll yeah. come Saturday night and go home a bit dusty Sunday. Where are the doggies on round one? Do you know where they are? Have you looked up? I wouldn't even have a clue. I've so been I think you're playing Wednesday night, Thursday Bloody night. Oh, are you coming to Melbourne early yeah. then? There you go. Yeah, well, I am getting down Wednesday, but I'll be cutting weight. I probably won't uh, want to watch um, yeah, Bulldogs, right. to be fair. 
<laughs> I've already, I've, I, as I mentioned yesterday, I've put, I, I've mentioned to one of the guys we know that's the property manager, and I've told him you're fighting on March 19, and he's like I said, he's a big boxing fan, so he's uh, he's going to come to the Bavoon, and I said, well, you got to bring a couple of the boys, so there could be a couple after a big win come across and watch you do your. That'd be awesome. I know. Um, remember Clay Smith? Yeah. Yeah, he's Clay fighting, isn't he? Yeah, so he's pretty close with the team Alice gym there. So um, I seen he he's fighting on one of their one of their pretender to contender fight yeah. nights. With all um, the blokes from the block. I, yeah, I dare say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's shit. I dare say yeah. he'll be there. Yeah, nice. Um, so that'd be good. Yeah, the people I've been watching. So it's cool to see things come full circle and get to Absolutely. meet these kinds of people. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you too. Um, Australian boxing sort of it seems to be in a really good place at the moment and a bit of a resurrection have you uh you must be excited about your age profile for the timing that's that's going on there's, there's you know no limit boxing and guys like that are putting on sort of almost monthly um stack cards how excited are you about the the space for you to be able to go out and ply your trade at the minute because if you were maybe 10 years ago it was a bit of a dead zone here with you know some of the old blokes just sort of continually punching on with each other but there wasn't much um opportunity for the younger guys to get on the get their name out there so you must be excited about that just the 100%. opportunity within the country mm. yeah no limit are doing great things i i know um up here in queensland we've got ace boxing promotion run by angelo de carlo that's who put my last fight night on um yep. he's doing great things as a night to remember promotions which my trainer gareth williams has been doing his own promotions as well for a long time um and he's had some stacked cards and I've been fortunate enough to headline a couple of them. Um, but yeah, it's it's really it's buzzing at the moment. It's it's um it's gone well, and I'm coming through at the right time. And hmm. and I know when I get my breakout TV fight or or whenever that might be might be, um, I know I'll be able to make a statement and and get to show everyone you know what the hype's about. Absolutely. Mate, growing up, I just want to get to your uh, thoughts on who were you, like, you have any inspirations or favourite fighters when you were growing up that you looked to emulate, or has it sort of been just run your own race a little bit? Um, like, I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with boxing. Like, I'll come home, like, before you guys um, called me up to the podcast and sitting down watching fights, and I'm just trying to find fighters that do things that I don't do so well now, um, where I used to watch fighters that were, I just enjoyed watching so early on i'd say people like prince nazim boy jones yep. jr um and his ring walk and his attitude and his swagger uh, and then he switch stance and and it's quite underestimated but he's like his punching power was just second to none just being able to produce so much power and at such a light weight um and then i i obviously like watching Roy jones jr ring entrances and you know um, his boxing ability. Um, he throws like a real nice lead right hand, which I, which I used to throw in the amateurs a lot. Not quite as good as him, but yeah. I was trying things. And, and yeah, these days I, I'm more watching people like Canelo. I've gone back and watched a lot of Roberto Duran. I just enjoy that, that pressure fighting style as well. Um, yeah, so look, so many great people to, that I've looked up to and... Um, just hopefully get on the path where I can meet him all one day too. I, I missed who you said first. So hopefully this guy isn't someone that you mentioned because I'll sound like an absolute imbecile. But um, I've, I love watching boxing uh, and Joe Calzaghi's a guy that I reckon unbelievable career that sort of 
almost doesn't get a lot of the, I guess, the praise it, it might have got if he'd fought in America sooner. But a guy like that who early on in his career had the knockout power to then he had something go wrong with, I think, a knuckle or something where he lost a lot of power and then to be able to outbox some of the biggest punches um, when he fought that Eubank um, who was that's a, a devastating... Fight, yeah. yeah, that's one of the great fights to watch. And that, that man was so polished and powerful and he, he actually just outboxed him you know, for the entire time, which no one had really done. Guys like that, I reckon, it would. it's a shame that they maybe didn't move onto the bigger, or the, you know, the, the foreseen bigger um, US stage earlier to get some of those fight those fights against the other big names. But there's so many guys you could go back and watch, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, Kalzaki's good to watch too, just pure conditioning as well. Like, mm. um, just such a high work rate. And, and to be able to outbox people like Roy Jones Jr. and, um, and and I've seen I've have seen that Eubank fight only recently though, but he he talks about that being one of the toughest fights he ever had because I think he thought he was going to blow him out a lot earlier than he did and, yeah. and Eubank's a pretty class operator and tough like yeah proper tough yeah I enjoy watching Eubank and yeah they've um yeah Joe Joe maybe maybe he's um even his character too maybe not selling the fights as much as like say Floyd Mayweather would have but yeah. I guess those are sacrifices you make if you stay true to yourself and, and you don't talk it up like that I guess maybe you get cut out of some of the big big days big paydays sorry you wouldn't be able to pick him would you if you went into a, a pub on that side of the world and you just went in on a winters with the jacket and the beat like he wouldn't he wouldn't you'd never know who he was or what he'd done or how good he was would you whereas mm-hmm. other guys you could pick him a mile away. You can pick them straight away, yeah. Peacocks, yeah, you know, in their fur jackets and all sorts <laughs> of garb. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in America. Oh, Holy shit. If you go and fight there, you should try and out-peacock the bloke you're fighting because I reckon that would be sort of a bit of a head fuck for him. You just, you know, you just come out in some outrageous... I've got to get the money first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I can wear something stupid. Yeah. Well, mate, we could probably sit here all night and chat boxing with you because you're a bloody ripper and we appreciate you coming on, mate. But no uh, listen, March 19th, me and Crooksy, we're going to be getting down there. We're going to watch you get the job done, I reckon. We're going to be tagging along with Alton Mura, I reckon. He's, uh, he's our man for the night. But uh, we really appreciate you coming on. So uh, just any last words there for the Aussie uh, punters out there that might not have seen you? Like, what can they expect March 19th? Just a polished performance. Yeah, I, I, I try every time just to go in and do everything that I've been doing in the camp in my fight and do it right. Um, whether that's, we might've focused on pressure fighting and I want to try and do that to my opponent or might be just a good jab, but just a good polished performance and uh, good defensively too, because I'm, I'm, I want to be um, able to speak to people in 20 years, hopefully, and <laughs> want to keep a few more brain cells because I'm, holding on to them as it is. That's Great work. Yeah, and like Michael said, we've uh, loved having you on, mate, and we're, we're, we're going to be calling you a friend of the pod. So if you see that on the socials, don't get too panicked. We, we get excited when we have people on. But we'd love to, you know, keep in touch with you and, and your career. So whenever you've got a big fight or you want to come on, mate, you're always welcome here. Um, I've had a ball um, chatting to you, and I'm sure the listeners have, have loved having you on as well. And it's just great to have talented young Aussie guys um, taking it up to everyone. So... Anytime you want to come on, mate, you're more than welcome and we wish you all the best, March 19, and hopefully you get it done. Don't get hit too much. We might be out. I don't know if, don't know if you drink, but we might be out afterwards, mate. Well, 
not much of a drinker, but if you boys can put some food away, I can uh, help you there. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Yeah, right. Chicken Locked parma, mate. <laughs> yeah, easy. And mate, right, when mate, you do have you enough again. money, when you do have enough money for those flash years, it's mate, don't forget who we are, right? <laughs> yeah. 100%. Right. Easy Thanks, done. Mate. Thank you, mate. Brother. Good on you. Today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I don't believe. I tell you what, just when you think. That you've 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 hit a peak with people you've had on the pod. You have a chat with a bloke like that. How good is our boy, the boa constrictor Jackie Bowen, Mako Shark? What are your thoughts on that fella, Jackie Bowen? What a lovely, lovely man that he is, mate. Couldn't be more on this bloke if you paid me. Tell you what, I uh, you got me in the bed there early. We, we I was confused. I thought he had three KOs, but he's actually had four. Never doubt Matty C. I'm off with the fairies on that one. But fuck, we'll put that aside. I would say oh. often doubt me because I'm I'm more often wrong than I am right. So yeah, you were well within your own uh, thoughts to to not not roll with me then. I got stitched up by a faulty website, but that's okay. But what a man! I'm glad he come on because. He's a young, up-and-coming, just a genuine bloke, and I think he's going to go places, Matty, and we like getting in on the ground floor, don't we? Absolutely, and we love hearing uh, that he's got some local ties to the boys, some Diamond yep. Creek ties, so that's uh, that's always good, and it, obviously he's a friend of the pod, but it's good to know that he's, so, he's had ties so close to uh, to us, so we really, we're, we're considering a close friend of the pod going forward, and we're really pumped for him and his fight on uh, March 19th, which is going to be a big day for us and a bigger bigger night for him, I would have thought. Big day, mate. Round one footy, the Cats versus the Bombers. The boys are heading along. Then we might just pop over there to the Melbourne Pavilion and check out our man, the Boa Constrictor. Just have a real nice day out and uh, can't wait for the Cats to get the results. Sorry, Matty. And uh, Boa to go 5-0. and oh. Five and zero, uh, and and continue on his uh, his rise to greatness. And as we've said, we're in on the ground floor. And when he gets to world champion status, hopefully he doesn't forget his uh, his Mm-mm. boys at uh, who the fuck studios because uh, we'll want that uh, that interview with that strap at some point in his career. I would have thought. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely, it's a two way oh. street. I would have thought. Oh yeah, it is, mate. So hey, look. And I annoy you every week after the interview. You go, you go from being so excited to so annoyed and put out because I pump this up and put the pressure on you, but you yet absolutely haven't failed us once. And I'm talking about a segment that is miles ahead of any segment in any form. You could be an author trying to put your next bloody Harry Potter together. You could be a bloody true crime buff. You could be a bloody uh, a married at first sight type of person. You could be in any sort of industry, but you're in the wrong one. And I'm telling you, the industry to be it is the Mako Shark Tank, and it's coming up right now. Give it to us. All right, Mako Shark Tank, mate. That was a hell of a pump, but this is getting more and more facetious as the weeks go by. But that's okay. Because this week, mate, it might sound, uh, it's going to be to be expected, but there's only one man I can stick in the shark tank this week, mate. And you know who that is? It's fucking Vladimir Putin, mate. All right? Oh, I've had yeah. it. I've fucking had it with you, you stupid Russian prick, mate. This is just silly now. It's getting out of hand, right? I'm telling you right now, you've got the two lads here, Australia's hottest podcast, taking over the world, just dominating the charts. What happens? World War bloody three breaks out, and all of a sudden we get bumped down the pecking order, don't we? <laughs> It's not good enough, mate. It's not fucking good enough. I'm sick of this. What are you doing? It's just outrageous. You've got nuclear weapons. You're starting to threaten. I tell you what, we're not going to cop it here at uh, Huda Fook. If we need to, mate, I'm going to join in uh, Alexander Usyk. I'm going to join in with Lomachenko. I'm going to join in with the Klitschko brothers. 
get me an AK, get me over there. I'm on the ground. I'm coming for him because this is fucking outrageous and it can't go on any longer, Matty. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that this is uh, very selfless by you because we've been trying to get a really big, 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 big fish on. Like I'm talking world champion fish and this is actually our best shot. You going over there, getting on the the cold Mm -hmm. face of the wall and networking with these guys. Build some rapport and – do two things: help fight uh, Putin and his and his repugnant uh, warriors or soldiers, and then get three or four world champions on the pod. It's a win-win for me. Um, Absolutely, just and, and I'm staying here as a father of two, um, or as fought as uh, Kingy pines me, father of two. Uh, and yep. you you can go and sort of put put the who the fuck first and get 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 the uh, the results. I, I'm pretty happy well, with it, mate. I've got time before my tin lid drops, but I can get over there. I can end the war and I can get back in time before the baby comes. So, yeah, look, I'm going to drop the number in there to a few world champs, get them on the pod. It's going to be great. Maybe stab a few fucking assholes right between the, <laughs> the testicles. But I'll tell you what, they're talking about sanctions. All the uh, all the countries around the world are looking for sanctions on Putin. On the Russian sanctions I'm, today. I'm telling you what. Oh, what have we do? I've taken the, the vodka off the shelves. Is that what we're Yeah, doing? that'll kill one listener. Oh, one, little, yeah. one little Italian listener who likes a vodka and water. That's going to kill his uh, welcome back to society post the birth of his little uh, little king there. So he'll be flat on that, but most people are just giggling at it, I reckon. That's a pretty unnecessary little step to take vodka <laughs> off a shelf. That'll end the war. But I'll tell you what, mate. We're going hard. I've contacted Spotify. I've contacted Apple Pods, and I've told them, oi, Pull the podcast out of Russia. We don't want to be associated with them. So who the fuck? Unavailable in Russia right now, and it will stay unavailable for the, for the uh, what do you call it? The immediate future. future. Foreseeable future until Putin gets on his knees, kisses the ring. <laughs> I, would, I do want to say, the fact we cut through with seven or eight media publications last week with our podcast, like in the middle of the verge of World War Three, we're, we're, we're making national news. We were, mate. We would have been. Use this podcast. So, could you imagine if this idiot, if this dickweed, didn't start that and gave us at least a week to really sort of soak in the big, bad, bustling sort of ambiance and that of that interview? Could you imagine where we'd be? I reckon we'd be in bloody penthouse. Just give us some fresh air, Putin, for Christ's sake, mate. (laughs) While we were news.com.au were covering us, we had the bloody Yahoo's covering, we had Fox Sports covering the boys, we had. Daily Mail might have even got their little filthy fucking fingers involved, mate. Wine country. Oh. What about wine country? I don't think sure. I even told you. I got an email. Um, I didn't wine country wine. had us. Yeah, Adelaide Hills. Um, the Adelaide Hills Gazette had us, yep. which is just unbelievable. <laughs> the, the winos up in Adelaide, just, you know, the top there. Just, just, what did just they run with? Just, just they, around off, it, they just got around it, yeah. So the Adelaide Hills Gazette has ran, a, has ran the story on Barry. Big... Big uh, yeah. newsbreaker up there in between the. Uh, I wasn't I even know, aware of that. Or a bloody. Uh, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm trying to think of a couple of drops here up just in Adelaide. Like a Cab Sav, a Shiraz, <laughs> McLaren Vale, bloody Shiraz. So, could you a imagine Pino if your Grigio? man Putin didn't do that to us and we're, hit, we're hitting Adelaide Hills in the Adelaide yeah. Gazette? Could you imagine where we'd be, Mako? We'd be sipping Grigio right now, I would have thought. And tell you what's actually, what you, you've sort of failed to mention too. Of those fighters, there's there's two active ones, and one was supposed to have the the Joshua. So not only is he getting in the way of our podcast going to the moon, he's getting in the way of the fight fans that listen to this podcast and give us talking points about fights. Because if if he goes over there and gets bloody bit of shrapnel in the eye or 
yep. I don't know, a buddy IED or all that sort of, well, you know, warfare, you know, he, he could, it could be no more fighting for Usyk or Lomachenko. Bad. He's supposed to be oh, coming no. to Australia to fight Cambosis. So there's, there's <laughs> I tell you, there's, there's mm. a Joshua Usyk rematch and then there's a potential two-stadium show in Australia and Putin and his stupid war uh, has potentially cost that for us. It's not a great little fight camp, is it, on the streets of Ukraine just fucking shooting blokes in the face. It's not the best preparation for a world title fight, is it? So, look, Putin, we don't like getting political on this podcast, mate, but this is beyond politics. This is just fucking – this is human to human now, mate. Just cut it out. This is all bullshit. Let's all just get on with life and just fucking enough's enough, mate. All right? I'll tell you, too, the, the, look, if he wants to come on this podcast and defend what he's doing, we're very welcome to having him on. I mean – I don't want the podcast being in Russia, but I want him on the pod because I want him to actually face the Mako Shark one-on-one. Yeah, look me in the eyes, mate. See, he'll, he'll crumble. He'll cower. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. I don't know a man that hasn't cowered under the Mako Shark pressure. So, you know, yes, he scored 31 goals in an ice hockey match, but I don't think he's got what it takes to go one-on-one with you. Nah, he doesn't, mate. I'm not going to go soft on him like these other pricks. Alexander no. Ovechkin, I'm looking at you. Good. Anyway. Goodbye, you. Good tank. Um, I like – look, like you said, we don't talk politics, but there's only one place we're allowed to. We're allowed to talk about God and stuff in the tank, and we're allowed to talk about politics. Outside of that, we don't we don't chat. So and he was the absolute choice. There's no other choice this week. Had to be. No other choice. Yep. One and done. So, okay, uh, moving on. Um, what have we got here? We got – oh, yes, we had uh, – we had the – your bet – your Palmer bet – uh, bet of the week, gamble responsibly when listening to Mako Shark's Palmer bet uh, punt of the week. But you had uh, T-Rex for uh, the UFC event on Sunday. How did he go and how was the event in your eyes? Mate, I tell you what, I tell you, when the Mako's giving out Palmer bet hot tips, they might start contacting us in a minute and tell me to stop because these are just too red hot. Like, I'm just giving away free money to the punters out there, gamble responsibly, but... T-Rex, Terence McKinney was my hot tip of the day, and what did he do? I think he was the outsider, you said, Matty. He was paying. $2.10, $2.10. I tell you what, I couldn't have given you the tip more. Just put your house on him, and it was just gravy. And what did he do? He went out there, wrecked the bloke in the first round, took him down, squeezed the life out of him. It was just not even competitive. T-Rex, he is the real deal, and I reckon you won't be getting $2.10 ever again with that man. No, no. I, I, look, we hope you do. Because uh, be paying for some some college for some some kids with that. That's just, that's mm. sort of uh, that's ridiculous coin. Um, look, uh, it was a it was a fantastic effort, and to see the way he did it, you know, when he had a weird slip, miss sort of like he tried to punch and sort of slipped, and then turned that punch thing into a weird takedown, which I thought just yeah. showed unbelievable skill and yep. poise to be able to do that. Um, and then yeah, I, look, I felt sorry for the other bloke really. <laughs> Look, he was out of his depth. Yeah, he was out of his depth. To be it's honest, it's weird when so. you see sort of these guys come and fight, but have someone so much more skilled at the elite level than someone else. Like, there's nothing yeah. that other person could do, you know, to actually beat them. It's it's quite odd, I reckon. You expect yeah, just, that at the lower leagues, but not when you get to like the UFC. You don't expect as much of a sort of one side effect. With your your Kamsat Chamaos and these types, where it just looks like a man versus a child at times. Which Correct. Is, Frightening, actually, at times. But, yeah, no, I think T-Rex, he's got a career ahead of him. So he so is one to watch. He's one to watch. He's in your one to watch sort of uh, category. What else was uh, – anything else catch your eye on, on the on the day? Uh, Armin Sarukian, he's another up-and-coming prospect. He fucking – that was just some uh, 
great stuff from him. I think that was the one with just the big elbow from hell that just split the face open. And I don't think I've seen that much blood in a cage ever, to be honest. That was <laughs> that was a crime yeah, scene. That was blood, bloody, it was like the blood pack. That was gruesome shit that was happening gruesome. there. And as even I'm sitting at home on the couch just saying, please stop the fight. You must stop the fight. You must stop. This is actually now a horror show. Yeah, and then they didn't. They let it go into the second round, and then it just all it did was untold damage to the ne- the other bloke, old uh, Joel Alvarez. Yeah, he just he copped yeah. unnecessary punishment there, and it was it was it was a it was a crime. I would thought. Yeah, I thought so. It was a an unpunishable crime because you're in an octagon. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was as that was as bad a, a a blood sort of bath that you'll see outside of the Brood uh, back in the nineties. Um, yes, yes. So he's. Uh, uh, he's- He's on fire, that kid. He's on a tear. He's only twenty five or twenty six. There's some good like kids, that. isn't there? There's some good. I mean, the, I, I've I've spoken to you about it a little bit. The, the top end at times is a little bit. We're sort of missing something, at, I reckon. Like, but if if we wait, you know, a little period, we're going to have a really good influx of uh, of talent coming through. They're just sort of no, all no. getting their their wares at the minute. But um, there's some very exciting prospects that when. Given a shot, hopefully, you know, one or two of them actually goes on with it because what we're seeing against some of these younger – oh, sorry, against these other sort of um, lower-ranked fighters, it's, it's been very impressive and very exciting, Mako. Yeah, he's definitely one to look at. He's going to cause some headaches at light heavyweight. No, not light heavyweight, lightweight, sorry. Lightweight, yeah. Well, look, yeah. Don't, don't have to apologise to me. Um, all the listeners. So that was that was a couple of exciting ones, and I guess the main event was worth talking about, but not really. But you have to because it's just yeah. sort of due diligence, I guess, for the listeners, or sort of our, as our, we, as was expected, mate. Islam Makhachev just doing as he as he wanted. Basically, it was never going to go any other way against Bobby Green. Good on Bobby Green, as we said last week. Absolute gangster for doing it. No shame in what happened. He was never going to get near it, and he really never got near it, did he? Taken down and just, it was controlled. It's, just, it's, just it's like, it, it's it just, obviously isn't, what I'm about to say isn't, isn't a reality, but it felt to me like he just was like, well, I've been paid. I'm in here. Uh, he didn't really do what I want. I wanted him to, because my theory was that when you have a short turnaround fight, you can basically go in there and take a huge risk, because if you get beat, it doesn't matter. But... He just did what most others have done and didn't really do what he or attempt to do what he can do and then just basically crumbled to the pressure. And so I would have loved him to go for something or, you know, try and land a big one and miss it and then be put down and submitted or, you know, ground and pounded as opposed to just throwing out a jab or two and then eventually being taken down and and the same thing happens anyway. That was so why I was excited for the fight was there was potential fireworks if he just pushed forward and swung and, didn't care if he got beat, but he didn't really do any of what I wanted. Yeah. And the, the outcome was, I think he was just happy to get paid. Well, I think he just didn't get a chance. Even if he tried, he just, he just obviously he was a bit wary. You're going to get taken down at some point, aren't you, against someone like Makachev? And look, yeah, he didn't even didn't even throw a haymaker or a Hail Mary. He just got taken down and abused on the ground. And what's, and next, what... for, uh, what's next for Islam Makachev? Well, we can push in because uh, all sorts of stuff has been breaking today. Day yes. of recording, mate. I woke up to uh, we've got the we've got the pay per view this week. We'll get to that. We've got US we'll two two seventy two coming up this weekend. So woke up to a little bit of news. Uh, it'll be old news now, though. I'm sure by the time this comes out tomorrow, it'll all be uh, already done and dusted. But we woke up the uh, Dos Anjos versus our man, the Big Fizz Fiziev. That fight called off. Where's Fizzy Fizz? boy? The big fizzer. It was. <laughs> well, he is the big fizzer after this. Yeah. The big COVID fizz. 
Yeah, the big COVID fist. He wakes up, tells everyone, oh, I've got the fucking COVID. I'm cooked. I am crook. So the fight's off. Everyone's like, get stuffed. Uh, this fight already been delayed from a couple of weeks back because of visa issues. Now it's off. What and, was uh, a weak card, Mako Shark? What was a very weak card is now ex- looking extremely weak, if you ask Matty C. Even though they've got the uh, the news, Matty? What is that? Has that been announced, has well, it? Well, it hasn't been officially announced, but they've both agreed to it on Twitter, so I can't see why it's not going to happen. Oh, I last saw one say 170, and then the other one say, yes, oh, hang on, let's do 165. And then the other one say, yeah, are you yeah, running? Yeah. And then he says, no, are you running? And I think, I think RDA doesn't want the fight. Last I saw, he's gone, let's do it at 170. So if that doesn't get okay. done, something stupid's happened because you've got both men agreeing to it. So actually, what turned out to be a fizz is actually better. I think this is a, <laughs> yeah. a more exciting fight now. So this is big from uh, Makachev to come in and take this fight on. What are we talking? Five days notice. But look, he's been training. He's been in camp. He just had a fight on the weekend. He's he's in good nick. Who wins? So who wins? I think Makachev wins. To be honest. So I'd like to um, I'd like to do what we normally do with the the Palmer Bet Mako Shark UFC preview. I'd like to go through the the main card or any other um. Fights yep. that you think is worthy. So I'll just start by putting uh, Makhachev in, but then maybe go back and start where you'd like to start because it's your preview and tell me uh, tell me who you're taking and why. All right, we're going to start the Mako multi, the Palmer bet, gamble responsibly multi. And we're going to start Always. him with our man, Maddie, Our man, friend of the pod, Australia's own, the hooligan, Jamie Malarkey. Mate, how excited are we for this fight? Cannot come soon enough. I'm I'm pumped. I'm I'm pumped at his odds, too. I'm very pumped at his odds. Um, yeah, he's the outsider. Jump him on, yeah. There's we no... Um, just to let you know, we can't put RDA in yet because, obviously, there's no fights oh, officially yeah. announced. But we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll... We'll say, put him into your, your, your Mako Shark Palmer Bet multi, gambling responsibly as always, please, once uh, that fight gets announced. Absolutely. So we're saying yeah. Makachev in that. Uh, what, what would you say if I told you our man, big friend of the pod, the Malarkey, um, $2.34? Wow, that is juicy, isn't it? Are we talking? Uh, are we talking? Is that your punt? Is that your, your, your value of the week? Is that your, is that your T Rex style put everything on or? Mate, if we want to talk value, we're going to talk juicy odds. We are talking the hooligan this week, mate. Put All your right. house on our man, Jamie Malarkey, friend of the pod. It is an absolute no-brainer. He is looking he is looking terrific. He's in form. I've, uh, I've been, got my little spies down there at Freestyle MMA. They reckon he is on a tear. He is unbeatable at the moment. Him and Ross Pearson and uh, working alongside Alex Volkanovsky, mate, they've got him raring to go. He's got thunder in the fist, Matty. Malak, the hooligan, mate. It's just, he's going to go in there. You know what he's going to do? He's going to fucking bash him. That is all he's going to do. He's going to fucking bash him. I'm on him. I'm on him in a big way. I'm on that whole crew that we seem to have had all of them on the podcast, except for sort of the Volk. So that's exciting. We're we're sort of, we're we're Bluetooth part of that crew, I reckon. We're we're there, but we're not. But we're we're obviously friends of theirs and they're friends of ours. So we're going to punt with him, but we're not just punting with him because we're friends. That's like an actual, he's going to win that fight. And at $2.34, yeah, He'd be overlooked, not to get on. Overlooked, overlooked, yeah. which we like that. So, in he goes. Tell me who we're going with next. All right, we're going to push on into the main. I reckon we'll start. We won't put him in the uh, multi. We're just going to mention though, that we hate him, Greg Hardy. You stink. We fucking don't like you at all. You're one of the worst blokes. We don't want you on the pod. Even I've heard your manager wants on the pod. I told him get fucked. You're not coming on. 
I he's heard he actually offered a sum to come on the pod. He yeah, Greg Hardy. Monetary. He's, he's desperate to come on, mate, but he, uh, no. A big no. fucking roller door. No, you're not coming in. It's a so sloppy stuff. fight, this fight, Mago. Do we yeah. even bother? Because Greg Hardy's at 270. And, and the big slopster, Sergey uh, Spivak, is it? Spivak, yeah, Sergey Spivak. He's very sloppy. Um, so this <laughs> is one of those sloppy heavyweight fights that could one man lands a punch, the other one's down. That's the fight. It's probably safe to not put your Mako dollars on this one. I, I don't like yeah, Sergey no. at $1.43. And Greg Hardy, I wish we were big fans of his because at 270, that's that's a value bet for me. I don't want to. I don't want to earn any money off the back of Greg Hardy. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck Greg Hardy. You can eat a eat a pooing. You're in a uh, <laughs> you're in a uh, sort of a side tank. You're in the Mako side tank. Permanent. Always there. He's in a little, one you. of those paddle steamers. You know when they're rolling around yeah. on the. You know the. He's like a little rat in that moving around. Yeah, he's stuck on a hamster wheel in the water. Fuck him. All man. right, moving on past that. Too much airtime for that moron. Um, <laughs> Moving on, who we got? Who, who we got in this? The big man, one of our favorite. Well, not one of our favorites, but a friend of the pot, I reckon. Kevin Holland. We like K-H. Kevin Holland. We do we like, like what he brings. We like his sort of uh, his steez and his gimmick of just being a bit strange. We like him a lot. He's fighting Cowboy Alex Oliveira yeah, in no. a nice little fight. Well, Kevin Holland's first foray down at one seventy in the welterweight division. So he's uh, look. All got a bit hard for him at 185 there last year, just sort of getting mm. taken down and controlled by some blokes. So he's he had weight to cut. So I reckon he's, yeah. he's had a bloke come on board and they've said, listen, let's get fucking serious. Cut a bit of weight, get down to 170. And you've got power, mate. You've seen the way he's knocked out blokes in the past, like Jacare Sousa when he actually just murdered his face there on the ground. <laughs> he's got ex- extraordinary power. We saw it all through 2020. So hopefully it, it translates to him in uh, at 170 and... I reckon Kevin Holland, get on him in the multi. Dollar thirty, Kevin Holland, you're in. We're on you. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where we want to be. Move on. This is, big, versus... this is a big one for me. I'm, I'm interested to get your take. Bit of thug nasty, Bryce Mitchell versus Edmund Barboza. Mm. Interesting fight. Hard to pick, to be honest, because two very conflicting styles. Correct. Who would you think is the favourite with Palmerbet? And when telling me your favourite, make sure you're telling me responsibly. Responsible. So you always think the flashiness of uh, the Barboza and the tan. He's got the tan, mate. He's got the kicks. He's got the wheel kicks. He does this. He does that. He looks a million dollars. One of the dollars. fastest kicks. Oh, he's seen. a freak. But then you got Thug Nasty. He doesn't look a whole mate. He just looks like a bit of a trailer park sort of guy. Mm. Might be drinking a few beers with his missus and about eight kids sort of trailing behind. So you would think on paper Barboza potentially favorite. But I'm going to tell you, I reckon maybe Thug Nasty is favorite, is he? He is. I've got an issue. Have you watched the? Have you watched? You know the great countdowns that they do. Have you watched the the, the countdown for this? Yeah, this, I have. Did you? I find that uh, Thug Nasty's done zero training from the vision. He's playing with cows and putting fences up. <laughs> yes, he's a strange, strange man. He's uh, doing a business as a farmer while forgetting he's in his prime as a UFC fighter, and doesn't seem to have anyone even there except some massive man that I don't know, like what that guy's credentials are that holding the pads, but it, it seemed piles apart from, I don't know when that's the saying, but Barbosa at $2.25 just seems to be not on a farm with folds. Good odds. Nice odds for a black like Barbosa at two twenty five. But it's just going to be uh, Will Mitchell get him down and squeeze him. He's very good on the ground. He's got all sorts of uh, weapons down there, but... 
Oh, it's a tricky one for the multi. You got the Mako Shark coming and hiring. It's a yuck event for Benning. Yeah, it is. It's a hard one. A couple of fights that are a bit difficult, but let's go, go Barbosa. Let's go, go with the Edmund. Not to say that I'm confident, Edson Barbosa, but listen, at that odds, it's hard to look past, mate. I'm telling you. Well, but, if he can't get him down, Barbosa wins. Basically, he's going to fucking spin kick, isn't he? He's going to kick him in the face. I've got. To, I, I, I just have a feeling that he's put too much into his farm. Yep, I like it. You've got a farm feeling. Farm That's f- not good enough. And he was on uh, this fucking. He's a bit of a yokel, right? He was on Ariel Helwani, one of our pals, fellow podcasters, Ariel. Yes. And uh, it was an extraordinary thirty-minute discussion. He didn't. He just did not want to speak MMA at all. He just ignored it. Just fucking wanted to talk about conspiracies and politics. Yeah. And gun control. Uh, he's as he's as fucking right wing American sort of trailer you can get. This bloke's yeah. off his head. He yeah. was extraordinary on the podcast. So yeah, he's not really interested in MMA. It's very strange. It's it's a little bit like Derek Lewis, but fifty percent worse. Because you know Derek Lewis hates like doing the media stuff and you know, why are you guys asking me questions? But yeah. that's their job, mate. But this guy, like like I said, they did a whole preview on him and I think we saw him throw two punches. <laughs> Interesting, so, very interesting. I know he can fix a. I know he can fix a chook pen fence though. So if you're a big chook yep. pen fan, put your money on him. If you're a fight fan, Barbosa is where I'm putting my chook pen. He loves camouflage. He's a big camouflage kind of guy. Fishing he, uh, in that town. Watch out for the fishing. snakes. Well, get in there and watch out for a hook. He's been on the Theo Von Pod. They sort of get on like a house on fire. They have got that real country essence. But yep. Nah, I don't know. This could blow up in our face, but let's put Barbosa in the in the multi, well, maybe. I'll tell you what I'm actually doing. I'm I'm making note of this Mako Shark Palm a bit multi, and I'm when I'm taking note, I'm doing it responsibly, but I'm actually gonna go the opposite of every one of these tips like you will, and then you'll claim I got it right. No, that's not like true. Like you mate. did last time. That's <laughs> happened once. That's only happened once. <laughs> the reset. Um now this is this is big, this main event, because some have said it's a bit put on. Some have said both men have had two losses to the champion. Who cares? I'd like to get your take because you, you're a sensible human. How do, how do you see it? Are you, are you buying in, first of all, that this fight means anything to, to the title picture? And are you buying into them actually not liking each other? Or do you think there's a bit of play here, a bit of horseplay for some extra buys, pay-per-views, which lines the pockets? Well, I think it's a 50, a 50-50 on that, mate. I think it's true. I think they actually do hate each other. I think that isn't put on. Okay. But it is bad blood. They were best pals there for years, and they clearly have had a falling out at some point there in the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. there is genuine disdain there. I'm not going to uh, – I'm not going to – what's the word? Uh, I'm not going to not believe that. There's definitely okay. disdain there. But, of course, they're just going to sprinkle some mayo on top of it, of course, yeah. in the latest sort of paper. Dousy boy. Yeah. It's a bit of kerosene. They're going to obviously <laughs> – you hate each other, but you may as well amp it up. I'm sure Colby's just going to be running his mouth all week just to try and get a few extra pay-per-view buys this week. Yes. Look, so, yeah, they hate each other, but they're going to put mayo on it. Uh, as far as the title, with? well, I think it's pretty much Colby Covington all day, to be honest. Okay. And, and is the fight with both men having lost to the, the champ, are you, are you excited by him winning and then, oh, I'll go again? Or what? what, what what's your, what's nah. your thoughts on that whole – Whole title picture. I think obviously Usman is a step ahead. Obviously, uh, Colby Covington though, like he's 
he's been as close to anyone else has ever gotten to beating him. So he really has established himself as a hell of a fighter. He's probably the second best in that division. He's proven it. Ten rounds against Usman's a hell of an effort. Well, nearly ten rounds, I should say. That second, first fight was stopped late. But, uh, look, he's he's much better fighter than George Masvidal, let's be honest. I think this fight, I don't think it'll be a stoppage. I just think it's going to be Covington five rounds sort of clinic style, to be honest. I've got, I've got a, I, I agree with everything you've just said, but I've got a Matty C premonition of a bizarre knockout Masvidal win. Mate, I wouldn't hate to see it. I wouldn't hate to see it at but all. It's possible. Because I almost feel like Masvidal's now in, I think Covington can still give Usman some problems. I don't think Masvidal can. Um, not, a, not at I all. I think Masvidal's slipping into that Conor McGregor territory where if he loses, he still gets people interested in his fights. So he's almost – I feel like there's more pressure on Covington in this fight. And I feel like if he he's just a little bit unlike himself or just, yeah, a bit stiff, I reckon he could be caught because Masvidal's hands are very good and very powerful. Uh, no, I don't know. I just got a feeling. I've had it this feeling since this fight was announced that everyone's thinking Covington, 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 uh, but we're sort of forgetting that Jorge does have knockout power. He does, mate. He's only ever one punch away from turning the fight on his head, so, which is possible. Obviously, that could happen. Pretty evenly matched, to be honest. But no, I think Covington just. I think if you, if it goes how we think it is, he's just a bit too good. His cardio is too good. He puts up yeah. just too much volume for someone like Masvidal. But as you said, he's a puncher's chance. I'm giving him a puncher's chance. As for the title picture, look, he should – I just think it's ridiculous. He would ever even be thinking he's in that picture anytime soon. If he wins, he's claiming, oh, I want the title. You can't have a title shot, mate. You've just been – Embarrassed twice, both ways against uh, Kamara Usman. He's 45, 50 in the first, just took it a town, and then he knocked Put it clean out in the second. Dimension. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's fucking very hard to uh, try and sell a third fight between those two. I don't think anyone on the planet gives a shit if that was to happen. Who would you like, Masvidal? If he wins, say he wins in spectacular fashion, spectacular, mm-hmm. the Rogan slam on the table, like he's, he's getting some sort of, you know, what happening there. Uh, what? What are we? What, what what is there if there isn't a title shot? What excites the Mako Shark for Masvidal? Question without he, notice. Yeah, question without notice. Do they ever give fucking Nate Diaz another fight? Does that happen? Does I'd that like happen? to see that because when talking about um, Covington's, uh, when you were talking about his cardio, um, I really enjoyed watching the Masvidal Diaz fight because my man, who's a huge bleeder, I feel like he's cardio was actually coming to the forefront of that fight. And if that cut wasn't as bad as it was, I actually think he would have ended up winning. And I think Mazadal, his tank's not – I don't think he's got a five-round tank. Not like Nate Diaz, not a chance. No. You're right. It's, uh, he was obviously getting beaten quite convincingly in the first couple of rounds. But by the end of that third, Nate Diaz was starting to come into his own a little bit. And, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for the cut, like, it wasn't like it was a stoppage. Nate Diaz was good to go. It was that New York commissioner come in and said, nope, I'm not letting them fight anymore. (laughs) And then the fucking New York commission, just soft cock. So they wrecked that. Yeah. I don't think that fight was over by any stretch of the imagination in the fourth and fifth rounds. But, uh, look, that could be a nice rematch, but I'm not sure we're going to get it. So other than that. I don't think you get it. I don't think either man's that interested. I don't think you're probably, yeah, you're probably right. Nate Diaz with the one fight con- on his contract. Who knows what happens there? But uh, maybe, uh, say he won, say George yes. wins. Yes. 
and then say Leon Edwards loses, as we would expect against Usman later in the year, we could yep. maybe finally get that grudge match after the fucking three piece like that. soda, whatever it was, two piece and soda, three yes. piece and soda, whatever it was when he clipped him backstage in London. Yeah, years ago now, bloody years ago. Years they've ago. been trying to get that fight, buddy book. So that's that's probably the fight you'd book, wouldn't it? You've you've got the story behind it. Yeah, they've planted the seeds. Good booking, smart booking. So that's all I can say. But no title shot for you, Mas Vidal. And then just quickly on the other side, Covington gets the the win like most people are predicting. If he does it in yeah. glorious fashion, do you give him another go? I I don't think you give him another go straight up. I don't see it happening. Okay. We've got another fight coming up potentially in a couple of weeks, I think. Yep. Uh, you got yeah. Vicente Luque versus Bilal Muhammad. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. A big fight. No, that's, that's got ramifications there, definitely. I think the winner of that fight would start yep. to look for a title shot. So maybe gotcha. the winner of that in my booking scenario, the Mako Shark Tank I booking. I like the Mako I'd, booking. I'd put the winner of that against Colby Covington, and then maybe the winner of that then goes Usman at some point. You and give Diaz, give... give Diaz McGregor for his last fight of that contract, and whatever happens in that fight, it's gonna it would be massive and a huge payday for all involved. So just just give us that fight. We don't care. I think we all need that fight before both blokes hang them up, don't we? Be one of the biggest travesties of the sport, and one of the biggest missed opportunities because both fights were fantastic. And if it's even half of as good as the other two, it's a it's a contender of fight of the year. Makes me nervous as a Connor man. I think uh, he's not what he used to be. So he's not going to be able to... Obviously, he couldn't even knock out Nate Diaz back then when he was on top of the world. So he's not going to be able to knock him out now, is he? So Who knows? That, he's been hit a, a lot since. He's been hit a, a lot since Diaz. He has, but it doesn't stop him. He doesn't actually go unconscious yeah, ever. I, think, I feel like you get... He, something ends up exploding, though, with these guys with these chins. Like, eventually, they have a sickening one where it's almost hospital. Tight, you know? Uh, hopefully, because if McGregor was in there, he would need the hospital explosion because otherwise it's five rounds. <laughs> McGregor with his titanium sheen, I'm not sure he's going to last another five with a cyborg like Nate. So I'm a bit nervous about the third fight, Matty. So, okay. So uh, we'll see. We're putting we'll see. Covington in this, are we? You have to, mate. You have to. Okay. So that's a, we've got four legs at the minute for $8.76 outside of a Makhachev. So, Makachev will um, be favourite, you'd think. He'll probably go in at a dollar fifty, something like that, maybe. And you don't want to touch the uh, the big sloppers. Is there anything on the undercard before we move on? Anything that I'm sort of uh, not really that I'm too stable on. I'm not one hundred percent sure. I'm looking on through myself here. There's a lot of fifty fifty boys there that I really couldn't tell you one way or the other. Yep. I agree. Uh, well, so, we'll just wait. <clears throat> we'll wait and see what happens with that other fight and make it a five-legger, and we'll let the listeners know via the socials. Actually, while I'm here, can you yep. stick in this fight for me? His name is Kennedy Njenchukwu. Kennedy Njenchukwu. That's fucking hard to say, that one. I'll give you a tip. Je, I can't remember how to say it, but this fella, this is the man that beat our man, sexy boy Carlos Ulberg, back in his debut. He is okay. like some kind of Homer Who's Simpson he style. He's fighting a guy called Nikolai Negomarino. I'm not sure about you, mate. I don't know much about you. I'm sorry. Got him in. Got him but in. But I know uh, Ninchukku, he actually took every single punch that uh, Uber. Uber came out like a freight train and was just smacking him, smacking him. It was Homer Simpson style, just copped them yes. all. Ulberg would have finished anyone else the way he was striking, but this guy just ate everything and then just cyborged him in the second round. 
So uh, that's the only fight I've seen him fight, to be honest, but he impressed me. So I don't think this Negaburo is going to be able to touch him. So jump on Kennedy Njekuku. I'm sorry, but I don't know how to say it. Okay, I like it. I like the preview. I like the Palmerbet punt responsibly uh, Mako Shark multi. Uh, that's a that's a mouthful of words to spit out. Um, and I like what you're doing with it. And I'm looking forward to the Makhachev edition, and then we can uh, put that on for all the, the fans. Um, going, uh, moving on just into some local uh, local stuff, we, a future friend of the pod, the big fella, Dempsey McKean. He uh, had hey. his UK coming off his US debut win. He's had a UK uh, debut on the weekend. Did he get the win? He did, mate. It was about Good. two in the morning. I did not get to watch it, unfortunately. But seen a couple of highlights. A very, very strong performance by the big fella. He just continues on his merry way. What's he now? Twenty-two and zero. Uh, twenty-two. I won't doubt you this time. I think it's twenty-two and zero. He is. Mm. He's one to watch, isn't he? Crikey. Well, he's only three or four more wins away from actually. You got to say if you get to like twenty-five and zero, you got to be almost thrown in the deep end with some of the big, 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 big boys. Yeah, and- you do, mate. That's what I said to you, I think, an episode or two ago. He, guys like him, we want we want to really get behind them as a country because if you do, you might get some of the big-name heavyweights out on our shores, you know? That's what we yeah. want. We've got a lot Boxing of Boxing in this country is, re, I guess, a resurgence, which is going to go into my next point. But, yeah, guys like this, we've got to get behind them, show them a bit of love because, I mean, the man's 22-0. So as a heavyweight, he's... It's outrageous, really. Um, I think uh, Big Dempsey, Big Courtney Dempsey, we'll get him on the bloody pod. The Big, the big Dem, the Big Dem Sim. Um, get him on. Um, look, what else is happening local? There's a bit of, bit of uh, what would you say, delay on the event, mm. but uh, there's a big one, a big debut. Big fight. This is supposed to be tomorrow, so you'll be listening to this today, Wednesday. Wednesday is supposed to be, but the flooding in Queensland. Has mm. just played havoc here. We got the No Limits boxing promotion there putting on a big event. Uh, it was supposed to be Wednesday. It was now being just transferred 24 hours later. It's going to be on Thursday this week now. And we've got some fights, mate. We've got fights. We've got the debut of yes. the brother of, of the son of Nikita Zhu, brother of Tim, son of Kostya. Another one, mate. Another one. The Kostya Zhu, uh, what do you call it? Factory just pumping our mate, boxes, our mate Costa. We shared a crown lager at a Formula One event, as we mentioned. We do, we like to yep. life flex on people, but we and we both looked at each other and said he's not that big. We're, here, we're both rubbed shoulders <laughs> with Costa, yeah. But uh, he's, look, he's something to boot. Nikita Zoo looks like he's got all the talent in the world, just mm. like the rest of the family. So look out for that. It's going to be on Fox Sports. I'm pretty, pretty it's a free certain. One. Yes, it's a it free is. One it's on a Fox, Fox Sports. Sports. It's a KO if you're a KO. Uh, KO's this, holding There's no it. limits, yep. mate. This is what I mentioned last week. This is the first yeah. of their big year of their events. Yep. And uh, it's good from them. Um, they're really putting putting a lot behind the, uh, the local promotion. And I think it's good by them to put a – because it's a good card. Um, and it's got some great fighters on there and some good – Great matchups, and it's a free card. So that I reckon you don't get much for free in this day and no, age. No, it's just entertainment. Um, there's someone else fighting on that that could be a potential future guest of the pod. Are we, we don't have to... yeah, no, we are, mate. Get on board. Get around her, Lynn Sandstrom. She is a uh, an up and coming dynamo herself. Just recently gone pro. Has a few fights under her belt. Uh, Lynn Sandstrom. She's actually Brazilian who moved to Sweden. Was a professional table tennis player. 
then cut that, come to Australia, took up boxing, and now she's uh, she's making moves, Maddie, making moves. So she's fighting on this card as well, I think, early in the prelims. One of she those uh, Brazilian Swede table tennis players, one of those that switched she's to She's one of them, mate. Ex- absolutely. There's been a dime a dozen, aren't they, the, uh, the Brazilian <laughs> Swedish table tennis boxers? They really are. <laughs> What a! Uh, I actually read an article. We won't really get too much in it because we not haven't got it on this week. But I, the the table tennis eye, hand eye, and footwork yep. is apparently yep. very good for boxing, which That's the, makes yeah, sense. You wouldn't have thought it, but now you actually think about it. You go, hang on a minute. You're right. It would. So let's get behind her and let's so hope she has a big her, win because she calls to be upset to get this fight. So people, I think, did, doubted mate. her due to the Brazilian Swede table tennis background, and but. she's. She's rocketing through some expectations and people aren't giving her the cred. So we you know are. What? And uh, not only that, there's other people out there got their eye on her and no talent when they see it. And she's a fellow Palmer Boat sponsee. Is that his name? Sponsee? Sponsee. Friend of the pod of the sponsor. She's friend of a... She's a friend of the boys. If you're a Palmerbet sponsee, then you're a friend of ours. So, Absolutely. look, it's all happening. We're all mingling. We're all in the same world. It's fantastic. And, We're breaking uh, into this life. world, aren't we, as a pod? We've sort of, like I said, we mentioned with that, uh, the Volkanovsky gym, we're sort of in there and we're sort of now we're getting into some Palmerbet, some co promotion with some, you know, same signees. It's just we're, we're starting to infiltrate a, an industry that's on the rise and we're rising as quick as it. We're making waves, Matty, I reckon you'd say. Making waves in the industry. So, Look, I've had a, uh, I've reached out to her. She's a delight. So look out for her potentially next week on the pod, hopefully directly after a big win this week, which would be fantastic. Absolutely. So uh, fantastic. Uh, big things happening. Big, and look, while we, I mean, while we're here, we can just quickly just gloss over, or we shouldn't gloss over the Canelo three-fight deal with Dazin, one of my favourite uh, services. He's done that. So that's big. Um, leaving some potential opportunities for... Uh, the uh, the Aussie head splitter, Isaac Hardman, because him going up and fighting some of these guys, I think from what I've read, has allowed or vacated a certain lower-ranked world title mm. that he actually mentioned to us he was interested in. So okay, I think good. if he fights and wins against Zarafa, he gets a number one contender for that IBF yep. belt, I think. from Look, I'm sure people will tell me There's if I'm so wrong. Many, but I'm, so many belts. There is, but I'm certain that deal has actually helped uh, guys like the head splitter because, you know, he had so many belts and I don't know, yeah. he'd gone up to fight some guy up in a weight, so he has to vacate something, I don't know, or just leave it and someone else gets it. I don't know. But I'm happy. I'm pumped for that because we, helps uh, the head we're all in on him. Absolutely. Um, that that uh, press conference has been moved to next week too. So for the listeners, we're going to try and get there and do a little Insta- Instagram live from that. We'll just see because... We're trying Getting details to fucking get there is bloody hard. We're trying for the listeners and the fans. <laughs> we are, mate. Zarafa Hardman press conference next week. We'll see what we can do. We'd love to bring it to the fans, but uh, you know we're trying. Irons are in I'll the fire. I'll put it to uh, the listeners, Mako. If we get there, I'll be putting it right on Zarafa in person. Yeah, mate. He needs to be held accountable, doesn't he? I'm just a bit annoyed because a guy that I really like, a boxer, has actually flown down from Brisbane and is is actually in his camp to help him. So, and I know this guy's very good. So it's a bit big worrying. Bad Benny Mahoney. Yeah, I'm a big big fan of his. I like him. Yeah, he'll be a friend of the pod in due time. Great moustache. Yeah, nice one. Nice soup strainer. <laughs> great soup strainer. So, look, great great uh, preview, great review, great preview for local. Um, stuff that's going on, and I just felt like that was fantastic. I haven't really got much else other than please continue the great form with the uh, 
the rate and reviewing. That's been fantastic. I think we're all sold out of shirts. Um, so if you if you request enough, we might do another run for you. Um, yeah, thanks to all the new listeners that have jumped on post Barry, and thanks to all our existing listeners, and thanks to Palmerbet for uh, getting behind the boys. That's me done for this week, makeup. On you, Maddie. On you very much. It was a great episode, as always. Uh, definitely, mate. I just want to shout out uh, the boa constrictor, Jack Bowen, once again. His fight coming up March 19th, Melbourne Pavilion. Get your bloody tickets. I'm telling you what. You'll see Good. the boys there. We'll buy you a drink if you uh, show us a review that you've written. Even Otherwise, if they do it on the spot, I'll do it. Yep. Do it. Review. Yep. We'll buy you a drink. Otherwise you, yeah, otherwise, you buy us a drink. So that's the deal if you see that's us there. <laughs> It's a good deal, I reckon. So, yeah, we'll be there. Our man, Ulti, will be there. Everyone will be there. It'll be a great night. Love you all. And uh, when you're putting on multis, make sure you always gamble responsibly. Okay, bye for now. Who the fuck is that guy?